Hello, Pickleballers. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. You may know him from calling some of the PPA matches in the past. Here, I have Dave Benz. Dave, how you doing? Tyler, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, um, absolute pleasure to have you on. And um, Mark was able to set this up for us, and he said that you were the goat of commentating and sports casting. Some of you may know him as the announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves for about 10 years. Is that right? Yeah, I did 10 years with the Timberwolves. That's uh, absolutely right. That's pretty cool. And you have some other pretty cool stuff on your resume of sports casting. Why don't you go ahead and let the listeners and viewers know what uh, what else that is? Oh, man, uh, where to begin? I mean, I've been doing this for 30-something years, and I guess the highlights would be, uh, you know, doing the NBA, as you mentioned, uh, obviously pickleball, but I got to do the Olympics in 2016. I I did fencing and synchronized swimming and the modern pentathlon, which were three events I knew nothing about uh, before the before they asked me to do it. And then obviously I, uh, I became a quick study, but um, you know, and I, I've done pre and post game shows for uh, every major sport. Uh, I was the, in San Francisco. I was the 49ers guy. Basically, did pre and post game shows uh, alongside Dwight Clark covering the Niners for a while. Um, I did uh, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, one of the one of the highlights of my career was getting to do the pre and post game shows uh, for the Giants in 2010 when they won their first World Series since moving to the West Coast, and that was just euphoric to be a part of that. Um, uh, you know, I've covered Super Bowls, uh, All Star games, uh, you know, the, the major uh, races. I mean, you name it. Uh, the you know the U.S. Open golf. Uh, I mean, you name the event and, I, I, and the sport, and I probably at some point have covered it. And I will also say, it's not the same scale clearly, and there's still a lot of growth. But it's been really awesome to be a part of pickleball. Um, I got to be the voice for the U.S. Open in 2016 that I think really kind of launched pickleball to where it is today. Yeah. That, that 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 tournament. Um, and I, out of the seven U.S. Opens that have been held, I've been the, the television voice for uh, for four of them. The ones that I missed were either because of uh, NBA conflicts or um, what what have you. But uh, for the most part, I've gotten to be the voice of the U.S. Open, and you know that's kind of I've seen pickleball grow from being a you know what is pickleball to everybody knowing what pickleball is and playing it, and there being a couple of pro tours and. You know, this year there's going to be a ballpark series and there's all this great stuff going on. So uh, I've had a chance to really be associated with some really cool things and I'm, I'm grateful for every opportunity I've had. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about pickleball and your journey through pickleball. So talk us through the beginning, how you got involved to pickleball and then what you're doing now in pickleball. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, it was um, 2016. I got a call from a buddy of mine. Uh, the call may have even come in late in 2015. I, I don't remember exactly when it came, but a friend of mine called me and he runs a production company. He's based in, in Florida. And I worked with him when I lived and worked in Miami back in the day. And uh, we're still very good friends. I actually talked with him just this morning. Um, but we're, we're actually talking about possibly getting involved with another pickleball event. But, um, he he called me in like either late 2015 or early 2016 and said, "Hey, would you have any interest in in doing pickleball? I've signed a deal to produce the the uh, broadcast for the U.S. Open." And I'm like, "What is pickleball?" <laughs> and you know, and I had no idea what it was. And but I was like, "Yeah, sure, all right, whatever. I'll give it a shot. I'll come do it." 
So I went down to, uh, you know, the U.S. Open. And the great thing about it was, you know, everybody told me, they're like, listen, pickleball's never been broadcast on uh, TV, at least not. I mean, there may have been some streams of it somewhere on some, you know, lower stuff, but it had never been broadcast on a major sports network before. And, you know, I was basically told like, hey, you've got a blank slate. Like there's no, there are no predecessors. There are no terms that have been coined. You know, nothing like that. So, um, you know, I was able to kind of embrace that. And, you know, like I said, I did that first U.S. Open. And, um, you know, I I feel like I've coined a couple of pickleball phrases that um, I don't know how much they've caught on. I know I've used them, but, you know, I, I when a game goes when a game goes past 11, I always call it extra pickleball. Um, and the, the other one that I, that I, that I like to use is if somebody goes into the kitchen and they hit like a great shot, but it ends up getting wiped off because of the football, I call that the kitchen sink. So, you know, yeah, that's, like, a classic. I, that's a good one. What's one thing from a sports casting perspective has changed from 2016, other than these van advanced analytics, but from 2016 to now, are you changing your approach at all to, um, I guess, display the game in a different sort of light? The thing that has changed really is I can remember in 2016 and, you know, maybe even 2017, like the, the first couple of years, really being more aware of explaining the sport and what mm -hmm. it is and how it works and how the scoring works and all that. And I feel like, you know, I didn't do any of that in the in the U.S. Open this past April because at this point, people know pickleball and they know pretty much how it works and what the scoring is. And so you don't really need to talk about all that, but that was something that we really had to emphasize in the early days. Um, so I, I, I like that we've evolved from that now and that that's not something that we need to really uh, linger on. Um, but other than that, I think the approach is pretty much the same. The game has evolved. There's no question the Certainly. game has evolved. Certainly. You know, the, those, early, those early tournaments with the US Open, there was a lot more dinking. And listen, the dink is always going to have a place in the sport. There's no question. But I mean, it, it, the game, the, the pace of the game and the power of the game and the firefights, uh, it is all intensified and ramped up from what it used to be. This year, one of the main storylines was that not that there was a lack of star power, but the PPA players, the contracted players weren't able to play in the U.S. Open this year. Did that kind of diminish the event at all from your perspective or was it still a massive success? Uh, I would still say the event was a massive, massive success. There's no question. Were those players missed? Would uh, the fans and the organizers and the other players would they have liked to have had Ben Johns and Annalie Waters and Tyson McGuffin and uh, Anna Bright and all those players playing in the U.S. Open? No doubt. Absolutely. But at the same time, the competition level was fantastic. Some of the things that we saw, I mean, we saw a golden pickle, which I'd never seen before. I didn't even know the term existed. <laughs> um, but, and, and you know, I, the goal, uh, for those who don't know, golden pickle is when you start the game off, 0-0-2, and you never relinquish the serve, you roll off 11 straight points and it's game over. I mean, we saw that uh, in a, a, women's, uh, a women's doubles, a semi-final, I think, um, at the U.S. Open. And so, I mean, there were a lot of memorable moments. There was a lot of great competition. Um, those players were certainly missed, and the PPA made its decision. And, you know, I, I 
you know, knowing a little bit that I that I'm not going to share on this podcast, but knowing a little bit about how that decision, you know, came about, um, it it's frustrating for me that then this is kind of the politics stuff that I alluded to. It's tr- frustrating to me that that politics did get involved because I can tell you, knowing a bunch of the players. I know the players would have liked to have been at the U.S. Open. The PPA did put on an event on the West Coast that coincided with the U.S. Open. So those players were busy playing. But, um, you know, and I'm sure that 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 PPA event was fantastic because they put on great events and great tournaments. And the league has really been impressive to to see where it's gotten to. But, you know, I'm knowing what I know about the players. I, I know many, if not most or all of them, would have preferred that they'd be allowed to go play in the U.S. Open because that really is kind of a, a special place to everybody that plays pickleball. So switching topics a little bit, I was curious, you've been in pickleball for a while. You've seen the growth. You've talked about how there's less dinking. If you were to give any tips for players that are aspiring pros, what comes to mind? Oh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question because my pickleball <laughs> game is not great. I mean, I do play. I love to play. I actually just played uh, on Father's Day. My son and I went and played nice. for a couple hours uh, to the courts here by my house. I live in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, and there's a, there's a couple of different options that I can go to to go play. Um, but, um, you know, I'm probably a 3-5, maybe on a good day I'm a 4-0. Um, but I'm just, you know, it's, it's, I'm not amazing. I love it, but I, I'm not I'm not amazing. But um, I would say the, the biggest thing is just, you know, make sure, you know, before you try to do that power game as a player, get the foundations down. Get the, get the basics. Know where you're supposed to be on the court. You know, work on your footing. Where's your paddle position going to be for certain shots? And I'm still learning these things, you know. I um, Every time I go, if I'm playing with somebody who's better than me, I try to watch what they're doing. I try to look at where they're positioning themselves, how they're holding their paddle, what they're doing, because you know that's the best way to learn and you know going out and getting going out on a court with somebody who's better than you and getting your butt kicked isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world as long as you're taking something away with it to help make your game better a lot of people here in the pickleball world like to talk about hey pickleball getting into the olympics in knowing what i know now pickleball is really still a long ways away from getting into the olympics because in order for you to get into the olympics the certain there, there are certain criteria that need to be met and one of the criteria that needs to be met is there needs to be at least 70 countries that have a significant amount of people that are playing the sport. And I don't really think that pickleball is anywhere near that right now. And um, conversely, Padel is kind of the opposite of um, pickleball. Padel is being played internationally i think there's you know some i I think they've met the country criteria they've got you know like 90 something countries that are playing it at a high enough level to qualify for olympic consideration one of those countries does not happen to be the united states so it's so opposite because it's like pickleball is huge here nobody knows a thing about padel but around the globe people know about padel and they don't know anything about pickleball so pickleball really needs to figure out a way to to crack into the international audience 
um, if, if they really want to grow. And I, I don't think that's lost on the pickle. The, the, the people who are probably going to drive that are the pickleball equipment manufacturers. Those are the people who are probably going to be looking at Europe as an untapped market and really trying to see if they can get a foothold over there. Because like anything in life, follow the money. And if there's money to be made, then... You know, and the one thing pickleball has over it over, over a sport like Padel, Padel, you need a you need a bigger court and you need, yeah. you know, plexiglass walls. So it's it takes a lot more space and it takes a lot more money to build those courts. Pickleball, it's a simple court, it's a small court. So uh, I think the opportunities internationally are huge for the sport, and I think that's where the biggest growth is going to come from. All right, one last thing for you. This comes from a community member on pickleballers.io, and they asked you. What is the most challenging thing about being a pickleballer sportscaster? Oh, wow. Um, probably patience. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. I mean, seriously, patience, because, you know, you, you never know. I mean, sometimes, especially when doing the PPA events on a championship Sunday and they go best of five. I mean, if you get if you get the, the you know, three, it's usually men's doubles, women's doubles and, um, you know, and uh, and mixed doubles and then also the singles you could have if you have five matches although the, the singles i believe they they uh it's just best of three now yeah but best of you, three yeah but, but if you get the um if you get the rest all go if they all go the distance you're in for a long day uh and so i'd say that's the biggest thing and people always ask me and i'm gonna i'm gonna just say this right out i'm gonna just put this out here right away people always ask me do i have a rooting interest um I, my rooting interest is whoever wins the whoever wins the first um, set, then I <laughs> that's who I'm rooting. For, okay, whoever wins the first set, that's it. I'm rooting for you because I, you know, as a broadcaster, don't get me wrong, and I'm being, uh, you know, I'm I'm being actually I'm probably being like 98% sincere. You do get on occasion, you get those amazing matches that go the distance, and there's a lot of drama, and then you're like, okay, well that was worth the two and a half hours, right? But you know, but sometimes it's like, I just, I've been here all day and I am ready to go home, you know, because it's fun. But when you're sitting in a chair calling it for hours on end, <laughs> you know, the people at home, they can get up and go get a snack and come back. And like, I'm still sitting there, still going. And, you know, sometimes you literally have like a four minute break to go hit the bathroom. So it's, uh, you know, well, that's the other thing too. So patience and also being able to, you know, being able to have um, proximity to the bathroom. So when you do it, okay. your four minute break, you can, you can get there uh, quickly and get back. All right. Well, hey, that's a pretty good answer. Look, I could talk to you for days about pickleball and sports in general, but I'll let you go here. Where can everyone find you that wants to follow you on different social media? Um, so I'm on the best as I'm at on Twitter, just at Dave Benz. Um, and my Instagram, which I don't post nearly enough on it's at, uh, Dave Benz underscore PXP. So, um, that's, but you know, I, I, I'm on there so infrequently Twitter is the best place to find me for sure. Um, you know, so if, if, if I'm, especially if I'm doing something at an event, I'll, I'll put something up on Twitter. So just at Dave Benz, that's the best place to find me. Great. All right. Well, we'll certainly follow you there. And thanks again for coming on Pickleballers podcast. Dave Benz, everyone.